0: This is the time for you to sit back and indulge in stories. Namaste! You are listening to Story O'Clock, a podcast dedicated to all sorts of stories around the world. I am your host, Arishi Sinha, welcoming you to my little storyland. I am rather very much excited today because today's episode is about one of my favorite personalities ever born. I'll be walking you through the life of Jamshedji Nasirvanji Tata and I really hope you enjoy it. A nationalist who worked sweat and blood to make India stand out at the time the nation was suppressed by daunting British colonization. Make the world England was a slogan used by the British. Instead Jamshedji Nasirvanji Tata made the Britain and the rest of the world more Indian. Jamshedji Tata was born on March 3, 1839 in Navsari, Gujarat, in a small room, the very room where Tata's vision and dreams of building an empire were shaped. Raised in a Parsi priest family, he along with his father were the first ones to try hands in business, and of course, the rest is history. He had an inclination towards learning about the business and economics of the world, and for this he kept travelling around the world to update himself with every possible foreign knowledge. Even though he was a green scholar from the University of Elphinstone and relished his academic side, it was soon overpowered by the entrepreneur residing within him. He started with a small-scale business with his father and 9 years later expanded it into a trading business. But this wasn't it. The father of Indian industries had a long way to go. Soon, on an expedition to England, he learned about the scope of textile industries and how he can mold the same into an advantage to his own country's economy. Now I want you to hold on for a second think back and realize that this was the time when the suppression of foreigners over India was at its peak. So what resulted was a nationwide rising against the East India Company called the Indian Mutiny or the First War of Independence. Yes, this was the very time frame that called out many Indian freedom fighters like Rani Lakshmi Bhai, Mangal Pandey, Begum Hazrat Mahal, Nana Sahib, Tantya Tope, Bahadur Shah Zafar, and many more. JN Tata was also one of them who was infuriated by the British colonization and aspired to give them the taste of their own medicine. Now let's get back to the story. Tata hated the fact that the British were controlling the Indian economy and its industries. Hence, he knew if he could make the best use of Indian resources himself, The prevailing British dominance would shatter in one go. So he acquired a bankrupt oil mill at Chinchpokley and converted it into a cotton mill, renaming it Alexandra Mill. Two years later, he sold the mill at a profit and used the money to visit Europe to learn more about the business world. He was infuriated to see how the colonial masters had restricted the industrial revolution from entering India. All he now visioned was to replicate the mechanical advantages in his own country. He then established the Empress Mill that flooded him with profits that he entirely used for the development of his country. By the end of 1880s, he had set his heart on building a steel plant that would compare with the best of its kind in the world. Stay put because following is the story of how the father of Indian industries laid the foundation of India's largest conglomerate. Impressed by the industrial revolution in the first world, Tata knew in order to make India prosperous a steel plant with the assistance of scientific and mechanical approaches should be established. Yes, I'm hinting about TISCO or Tata Iron and Steel Company now called Tata Steel. Now, I need you to understand that setting up an Indian industry in India by an Indian in the first decade of 1900s was an impossible job. While there was 0% assistance from the government and 100% interference by the British, the idea was rejected at all stages. This is why JN Tata couldn't live to see his idea prosper into one of the world's biggest conglomerates. But he did know that if succeeded, his idea would revolutionize the Indian subcontinent. A famous tale around this phase was when the British Chief Commissioner of Indian Railways, Sir Frederick Upcott, heard about the venture a few years later and he famously said, Do you mean to say that the Tatas propose to make steel rails to British specifications? Why I will undertake to eat every pound of steel rail they succeed in making. (laughs) Mr. Upcott definitely would have had indigestion because with the help of American expertise, JN Tata persistently undertook a scientific survey of the project in densely forested areas all over India where raw material was likely to be available. His team located the jungles in the village of Sapchi in the eastern India that suited the purpose and TISCO was established with the best available technology and manpower. Not only this, but a modern township was created around the steel plant named Jamshedpur. In his letter to his son, Dharob Tata, about the town, he wrote, Be sure to lay white streets planted with shady trees, every other of a quick-growing variety. The letter also stated, Be sure that there is plenty of space for lawns and gardens. Reserve large areas for football, hockey, and parks. And mark areas for Hindu temples, Mohammedan mosques, and Christian churches. And this is how the first industrial city of India was born and being the granddaughter of Jamshedpur, I can affirm that the city turned out to be exactly how Jay Tata had aspired. And may I say even better? Tata knew how to take care of his workers. In the times of bonded labour, he provided them with weekly holidays offered them houses to reside, fixed the hours of working, gave them medical insurance and assistance, started the system of crèche and many more similar advantages. It is his ideologies towards the labourers and workers that structured the labour law. During the British Raj in India, most of the Indian clubs and hotels had signboards saying dogs and Indians not allowed. Tata couldn't bear the thought of this disrespect. Hence, he built the fanciest existing hotel, Hotel Taj in Bombay, which is still the most luxurious hotel in India. It costed him 4.21 crores at that time. Soaked in luxury, it was the first building in Bombay to use electricity and first hotel in the whole country to have American fans, German elevators, Turkish baths. English butlers and a whole lot of other innovative delights. Tata dreamt of giving world-class education to every deserving Indian. He knew India would flush out of its current oppression and poverty only when she is educated. Hence, in order to nurture brilliant minds, he established J.N. Tata Endowment in 1892 that enabled Indian students regardless of caste and creed to pursue higher education in England. Also, with the support of then Viceroy and Swami Vivekanand, he established Indian Institute of Sciences, Bangalore. His influence and help was so great that every two out of five students cracking one of the most difficult examinations of Indian civil services were Tata scholars. Okay, have you heard about Jaguar Land Rover? Did you know that it's owned by Tata? Heard about AirAsia and Taj Airlines? It's also owned by Tata. Heard about Titans, Sonata, Fast Track, and Tanishq? Again, owned by Tata. And the credit for this benevolent and selfless vision goes to this man, Jamshedji Nisarwanji Tata. Who laid a rock solid foundation of ethics, moral values, and meticulous way of functioning? I would now end the episode quoting Jayantata himself Freedom without the strength to support it, and if need be, defend it, would be a cruel delusion. The strength to defend freedom can itself only come from widespread industrialization and infusion of modern sciences and technology into the country's economy. And I very much think that he was right, wasn't he? I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. Follow Storio Clock on Instagram and on Spotify and stay tuned for more such stories. Till then, this is Arushi Sinha signing off. Bye!